This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Uh, welcome to episode 116 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you so much for downloading. Hope you are well. If you're not a subscriber, what the blooming heck are you doing, man? Don't just dip in and out. Don't just think that you can booty call us every single week, just coming in, you know what I mean, sliding in through the upstairs window while mum and dad are asleep downstairs. None of that shenanigans. Come on, I want you to commit. I want you to ring the front doorbell. I want everybody to know that you're here. I want you to sing the praises of the Fight Disciples. I want you to be a part of the community. Hit the subscribe button. Come and join us every single thing. Thursday for a little bit of UFC talk. We will end up in your feed every single Thursday talking about ultimate fighting championships. And every now and again, we do have a little bit on Bellator and other things in the world of mixed martial arts. It's also um, more of a laugh uh, than uh, informed uh, chat. We we won't class ourselves as serious journals. You might. I don't. Nicky boy. Are you awake? Are you, have you fallen asleep already off the me opening gambit? No, man, I'm, uh, I'm, I was just getting all teary-eyed there about you getting all romantic about the show and sneaking into girls' bedrooms and yeah. things like that. Back all, in the day, mate, back in the day. It was very, uh, you know, took me back. Just took it. me back to a certain scene, certain scenario <laughs> 20 years ago. I was back in the room. I'm back in the room now, though. I'm sorry. I'm back in the room now. But what I was trying to say is that we're fans. We're just fans that enjoy the sport, and we want people that are also fans to come and enjoy this with us. So hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on this stuff. Damn right, son. There Damn you right. go. You have sorry. a drink of your water, lad. I was just refueling there. This is how professional we are, right? Refueling. This is a man that has been in the gear for, what, 16, 17 years. He's been writing on fight sports, whether he's boxing or the world of mixed martial arts. Obviously, previous editor of uh, uh, an extremely... Uh, large publication in Fighters Only, and look at him now, right? He gets into the world of broadcasting, he thinks it's fucking easy. He's turned up in his bloody flip-flops today, he's got a bloody <laughs> bottle of water there as he's drinking away. You know what I mean? Son, this is this is the real deal, you know what I mean? You got to. I want you to wear a suit next week like they do on News at 10. What's up with you? <laughs> the News at 10 guys, they wear flip-flops and shorts behind the desk Is that as well. what it you is? You just never see them. Underneath. Like they very... just wear the, a suit and a shirt and tie on the top, yeah? Like Ron Burgundy, you That's know what nice. I mean? They've got the cock and balls out underneath the desk. <laughs> exactly. Can you imagine that? Bit of John Suchet or Trevor McD. Yeah, Trevor yeah. McD's got his big dong out, you know what I mean? Just well, enjoying himself underneath the table. I am uh, working my speedos as well, being a you know an associate member of the speedo appreciation society. You're creating pictures now, man. This is what you're doing. You're painting the pictures. So you got your flip flops on. You got your speedos. Uh, for those that have seen that picture of Nick when it was uh, the uh, jubilee parade here in the UK, uh, where he had his uh, his tap out wedding. shorts on. His the ta- royal wedding. That's it. The ro- was it royal wedding? It was, it was royal a jubilee. Wedding, yeah. I apologise for getting the royal uh, uh, celebration wrong. You've got the flip flops on. You've got the tap out shorts and a, and a top end tuxedo at the top end there. Whilst you are walking your bulldog, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you couldn't get more EDL if you wanted to, could you, lad? <laughs> Associate me with that gang of fucking goons. There you go. Anyway, right. What I was saying is, hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on any of the content. Yep. And we're also on social media as well. At Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Get a part of it. And you know what? I said this the other week and I meant it when I said it as well. Listen, to everyone out there, all the Fight Disciples out there, when when these press conferences kick off, when we get to Wembley and mm. everything else for Mayweather McGregor, and Connor comes out in his Fight Disciples t-shirt, you're going to kick yourself. You're going to kick yourself. Let me tell you now. The orders are coming in thick and fast. You know what happened last week, don't you? In the boxing show, we tipped Jeff Horn, didn't we? We said, Jeff Horn, get some money on him. The guy's six, seven to one. Mm. It's free money. You've got to take a chance. Definitely wait for Turner because Manny's washed up. He's finished. Have a little go at Jeff Horn. And some of the fight disciples did. And we got lots of messages saying, thank you very much. So to them all, I replied saying, well, you know, the least you can do now is buy one of the classic limited edition logo tees. And they've been doing it. The guys have been buying t-shirts. So let me tell you, we've got, it's a limited supply. It's a limited run of these classic <laughs> tees. We're going to change the logo. Oh, we might change the logo, but we're going to change the design. So you, will, this is a limited edition series one. So this could be worth a fortune in the future. Mm. But they're available now via our website, mm. fightdisciples.com. Only a tenner. Get them while they're hot. People are buying them. I'm crazy. You know what yeah, I mean? Man, people are buying them. I, well, do you know something? When you brought the T-shirt and your design, I actually laughed at it. But now I've I've got all my hands up, man. People are people are all over it. They're saying, do you know something? This is perfect for sleeping in. This is perfect for going to the gym That's in. Right. They're all over it. They're all over the thing. And I believe that your mate Dan Hardy has uh, has got himself a Fight Disciples T-shirt. Dan's now. got one. Yeah. Mm. So we'll have to give it a retweet. He said he's going to train in it this week. Oh, so. good lad. 
good lad. How is uh, how is your boyfriend? Is he all right? Uh, I'd be careful <laughs> if I was you, Sam. You're treading on eggshells, I'm, I'm a, telling you. Listen, I'm allowed to say this, right? Because what's coming up at UFC Glasgow uh, a week on Saturday, um, obviously Dan will be there doing his thing for uh, BT and, uh, and covering, the, covering the game. You're going up there representing the Fight Disciples. Yeah. Um, and I would normally go up there, but I've decided to book a family holiday, so I, w- <laughs> I won't be there. And it's kind of co- coincided nicely, so I don't have to be around Dan Hardy. In the same room as yeah, Dan. When he wants to kick my ass for keep referring to you two having homoerotic uh, uh, times together. <laughs> Love you, Dan. Thanks for listening to the show, mate. And thanks for all the awesome work that you are doing on BT. You're the best analyst without any shadow of a doubt on the on the television by an you absolute countryman. Now, listen, yeah. you mentioned uh, Wembley there, mate. Um, that was obviously announced at the back end of uh, last week's show. It was a little bit too late for us to stick into the show, but we know that it's going to be Wembley Stadium. That's where it's all kicking off. Um, so make sure you do follow us on social media because we will be there. We'll be there right in the midst of it. Uh, Mayweather, McGregor, we have to mention it now because it's getting a little bit closer to the time. Uh, Wembley Arena. I've noticed on the actual, um, on the on the press call of all the places that they are visiting, they're not going to Ireland. No. You've been, are you a bit surprised at that? Uh, I'm a little bit surprised, but then, you know, don't forget, this is a Mayweather promotion. It's a Mayweather production. The UFC aren't directly involved, yeah. being told that it's all down to Team Mayweather, and they obviously don't feel like um, Floyd going there and getting screamed at and, and Connor being champion the way he would be and everything else. They obviously don't think that's a market that's... Let's face it, there's not a person in Ireland that isn't going to pay pay-per-view money to watch that fight anyway. So they've not got to give Ireland the hard sell, I guess. That mm. would be their arguments. But, of course, they just don't want the world seeing... Um, you know, Floyd being booed and Conor being cheered. But I'm telling you now, come fight night, when they both walk out in that T-Mobile arena I'm telling in you Las now. Vegas, can't, the place will be absolutely 100% Conor McGregor, I'm mm. telling you. Mm. Uh, mate, it will be it, it will be heavily weighted, Conor McGregor. Maybe not 100%. There'll be some Floyd fans in there, no doubt, or boxing fans that are wanting him. But I would say that it's heavily weighted towards Conor McGregor. The Irish, they come out and they will take over Vegas uh, on August 26th. Um, another little bit of news before we get into what's going on this weekend with International Fight Week. Robbie Lawler, Donald Gironi uh, was due, obviously, for 2-1-3. We are delighted that he's been rebooked. Obviously, the uh, the blood infection that the cowboy had um, hasn't kept the good man down. Listen, if he if he's wrestling crocodiles and, and fighting sharks with his uh, high-octane uh, sport indulgence away from the octagon, um, I doubt some blood infection is going to keep him down either. Uh, it's been rebooked uh, for 2 one which we're dead excited about because if you look at the card now for 214, jeez, it is unbelievable. Obviously, you've got Cormier Jones and then you've got a stacked undercard. I don't think maybe Dana still believes that Jones is going to make that octagon walk, hence sticking all these amazing fights on the undercard, mate. Yeah, exactly. Is that all you've got? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Do you know what you're doing? I know what you're doing. I can see from behind the screen, right? You're flogging T-shirts. Concentrate on the show. <laughs> the orders are coming in. Th- better ring Manny's people. Mm. Tell them to start printing more T-shirts. Yeah, listen, I'll tell you an idea for a T-shirt. This is a new idea for a T-shirt, right? Because you will have seen this yourself. Um, the UFC have enlisted Snoop Doggy Dog as a, yeah. an alternate commentator. Now, this has all come about from those little snippet videos that he did pre-209 and pre-210. If you've not heard this, this is brilliant, right? So imagine watching UFC and then imagine listening to Snoop Dogg at the same time that you are watching UFC. It will sound a little bit like this. DC the champ, huh? Got that mean mug on. <laughs> Full rhinoceros mode. Oh, he wants that body slam. That's what he's known for. He wants that body. I'm going to slam you in your head. Boom. Oh, look at this old man. He's fighting like an old biker. Give you a straight kick to your head. Move that ponytail looking like Willie Nelson. Big John, get him off me. Big John, you're going to just watch him beat me like this, Big John? Big John, please. Thanks, Big John. Oh, no, he didn't, cuz. He rolled him up like a baby and dropped him, huh? Okay, DC, okay. Oh, oh, don't trip him again. You can trip. He tripping. Now, oh, he gonna ride him out now. He gonna ride him on out now. Ride him out. Go on, tap out, dog. Go on, tap out. Oh, wow, he going to sleep, too. Look at it. Uh, I want you to read me the three little pigs. You know, I think I want to see Jack and Jill. DC got cold technique, huh? Put your hands up, champ. So stick up. Give it to him, Big John. He hit Anderson Silver, too? Yeah, he done been through some dogs. UFC 210, April 8th on pay-per-view. Make sure you go get it, man. So says Snoop Dogg. It's going to be some great fights all night. You dig? 
<laughs> Can you? Come on, Class. man. Come on, man. He is unreal, isn't he? I'm looking forward to that Tuesday night Dana White fight series purely oh. just to listen to Snoop's commentary, just to hear him at, at, at cage side, you know. And uh, listen, if he's going to be, if, if you know, you know what Snoop's like for just sitting there smoking away, blazing away on a doobie. Isn't everyone going to fail a drug test post fight? There's big clouds of smoke across the octagon. <laughs> Class, love mate, it, man. Mate, stroke a genius. I mean, we've spoke about it's alternate commentary, uh, fan-led commentary, and to be fair, even though I don't think he's fully intentional on being comedic, he's just hilarious. Just he's absolutely brilliant. hilarious. It adds another dimension uh, to this sport, and I know that UFC. Uh, Dana White and the uh, new owners have got big plans uh, for the UFC over the next 18 months. And little things like that, just keep the fans and bring the casual fans into the sport and get them interested. If you bring in someone like Snoop Dogg in, just think of the reams of fans that are just going to come to watch him, as you've just mentioned yep. there. Yeah, exactly. Or, or listen to him. I think it's, uh, is it on Fight Pass? I think it's on yeah, Fight it Pass, is. that TV series. Yeah. It? yeah. So that's where the... the Nine pound or the six pound a month or whatever fight pass is these days. That's worth it for you alone just to just to watch Snoop every other Tuesday. Should be sensational. Um, also, um, we're just getting through all the news bits first before we get into the uh, into the fight in California uh, State Athletic Commission. They've done the checkways. <laughs> all that, all those new uh, regulations for um, the new. Well, basically, they had a lot of problems with weight cut. People were missing. Uh, uh, wait for fun, people getting ill, as we saw with uh, Khabib uh, when his fight was uh, uh, called off last time out. Uh, so they've um, brought in a new 10-point plan. You took the piss out of it last time, and rightfully so. Mm. Uh, however, this time around, California State Athletic Commission have done their checkways 30 days out from 214. So the six guys uh, and girls that are involved in title fights at 214 have done their checkways because they like to be monitored. They'll do another one 10 days out. It's very We're used to this. As boxing fans, we're used to this. The WBC yeah. do this all the time. IBF do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're used to these check weigh-ins. To be fair, mate, come on. It, it, it's I know that you've slagged the 10-point plan off, but this is for them to take an interest in where people are with weight and that they aren't crashing um, from uh, a short distance out. That's that, that's the main thing. They've got to keep their eye on that. Yeah, of course. It's a it's a step forward. It, was, it wasn't necessarily the, the pre-weigh-ins that I had an issue with the stages like this. I think this is a, a step forward, of course. It was just some of the other ideas that they'd knock together which you just think is just complete and utter nonsense um you know we've had more issues since these new rules came in um than we'd ever ever had before and yet now we're finding out that the next wave of it of of points are coming in ahead of 214 as well which is mm. it you know the big pay-per-view after this weekend so mm. it's like you know the muddy the water's already pretty muddy so let's just make it even fucking muddier why haven't they just gone you know what that Friday morning weigh-in, that thing, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. Right, okay, we've trialled it, we've done it for six months, it's just fucking made things worse, let's just jib that, get rid of that. Now let's bring in this, you know, this pre-weigh-in 10 days before, 30 days before. Let's just focus on that and move the weigh-ins back to when they were. So when all the fans turn up for the weigh-in, it's not a complete yeah, it's legit, sham. Yeah. It's actually a proper weigh-in. So mm. that, I would have rather have seen that than to crack on with this Friday morning bollocks, which I think is the big issue anyway. Mm. Uh, more on that as we uh, as we find out um, where they're at. I'm sure those... Uh, as we find out who's missed weight. Yeah, exactly. As we find out who's missed weight. So therefore this 30 and 10 day thing doesn't really make any bit of difference because these guys are used to crashing weight over the last 24 hours. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Ronda Rousey's making her first television appearance uh, since uh, getting beat at two or seven, it's happening as we're speaking right now. So as we're recording this show, um, it's on a on a show called uh, Live with Kelly and Ryan. Whatevs. Sounds like a big one. Mm. Um, but she's making her first appearance in in the in the media since uh, getting beat off Amanda Nunes in uh, UFC two or seven, which kind of is ironic because Nunes is obviously fighting this weekend. Um, um, and as you're probably listening to this podcast, you may already have got the fallout off the back of that Ronda Rousey appearance, so you know a little bit more about it than us, but we're recording this as she's making that appearance. Are you surprised that she's she's out this week? Um, Ronda? Yeah, like the, that she's making some type of appearance this week when the girl that absolutely lit her up in 40-odd seconds is um, um, doing her thing at 213. I'm just kind of... Um, uh, I'm kind of surprised that it, she's doing it with a show that, you know, obviously we're in the UK, but I don't know how big the Kelly and Jerry show is or whatever it's called, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it doesn't seem like that big a show to me. 
So it, it just so. What's this? It'll have something like twenty know, million yeah, yeah. listeners or something but like it, that. It man. feels like a fall from grace to me. It feel, you know, she was doing fucking Ellen and shit like that. I'm sure she will be doing that again. She's mates with you, isn't she? Yeah, potentially. But mm. uh, you know, I I just think that it's kind of ironic that she's kind of trying to flog trying to flog herself again in the in the public forum the same weekend as as the girl that ultimately slayed her and ended the career mm. and you know. I, we'll get on to Amanda Nunes much later, I'm sure, and later in the show when we talk about the, this fight with Shevchenko for Saturday night. But, you know, I think the UFC are kind of playing catch-up with Amanda Nunes now. They massively missed the trick when they when she fought uh, Ronda Rousey because she was the champion. She beat Misha Tate convincingly. She looked the part. And, uh, you know, let's face it, that whole event was just about Ronda's back. You know, that I think it was called She's Back. Mm. They it was. It a was. pay-per-view event as She's Back. Yeah, yeah. And, and poor, you know, it was all about Ronda Rousey and Amanda Nunes just kind of turned up with her belt going, you know, I'm the champ. But Ronda does, if you remember, the, the UFC, uh, Ronda didn't want to do any press. So yeah, the they, UFC, for the first time ever, they allowed her to do that. They allowed her not to do any press, but then they also didn't invite Amanda Nunes to do any press. Mm. It was a complete and utter fuck show. Mm. And then Amanda Nunes completely and utterly... 100% exposed that and destroyed Ronda Rousey. So we'll never see Ronda Rousey again. She was completely and utterly exposed. And now they're trying to play catch-up and they've got Amanda Nunes headlining a show on the biggest weekend of the year traditionally for the UFC, which mm. is International Fight Week weekend. Suddenly the same girl that they didn't want to know about in her last fight is is the pay-per-view star. So it's a massive amount of humble pie being up by the UFC this weekend, I'm telling you. Mm, absolutely, man. Um, just a quick one, um, because off when we released last week's show, I think we released it, and then an hour later, cheers for this, Tyrone. Thanks for letting us know. I thought you were our mate, mate. You know what I mean? You've, yeah, you've been part of this show for, for, since we started. Uh, but Tyrone Woodley, uh, Demian Meyer. I, I met yours as well. Never mind, Tyrone. What about Demian Meyer? You've gone out for fucking dinner with you, mate. You know what I mean? Tyrone's thought- my boy as well, like me and Tyrone. Me and Tyrone, sorry, are tight. Me and T-Wood. I thought, uh, I thought you were all on the WhatsApp group together, you boys. You know what I mean? All your Brazilian jiu-jitsu and wrestler boys. You know what I mean? I thought you were in there. Both those guys are, 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 are friends of mine, so I was, mm. I was, I was more disappointed than anyone that I didn't know ahead of time. That's it, man. That it had been confirmed, but I knew it was in, the, I knew it was in the works. Obviously, it was just. But are you there. surprised that it's been rushed through for July? For me, this stinks of obviously rushed this through for July, um, and then set up uh, GSP uh, for Madison Square Garden. Yeah, potentially that's 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 what it looks like. That's what it looks like they're doing. Uh, obviously, they've they've. Uh, I was quite surprised because I thought Woodley would would stand on his own card, and the fact that they've added it to um, to two one four when there's already two title fights on there. Obviously, Cormier Jones yeah. for the light heavyweight title and, and Cyborg Evanger for the the women's featherweight title. Three three title fights on one bill is very un. Unusual for the mate, UFC because mate, they whenever they've done him. that, they don't trust Big John. They well, don't think he's going to be there. That's what I mean. So whenever they've done three title fights in the past, it's always fucking fell pretty flat. Traditionally, they've they've always struggled to to have three entertaining fights at the top. This just stinks to me that one, they think either Cyborg might not make it to the octagon for some kind of reason. I wouldn't don't want to speculate. <laughs> Evan Jim might realise. What are you saying? Are you saying that maybe you Sardin might be knocking on her door? Evan Jim might kind of go, "Shit, wait a minute, I'm not fighting Cyborg," <laughs> and, and reality might sink in. Um, obviously, Woodley Myers the backup fight, but Daniel Cormier's just you know, listen, John Jones has been out for so long. I I can I'm struggling to see Cormier Jones walk to the octagon right now. Yeah. I can see the fight happening again, but I just don't know whether. If John Jones is fit and John Jones is is, you know, two weeks out from the fight, he's he's he's, he's you know he's passed all his tests, everything sorted. He's on his way, uh, he's on his way to the you know the venue. He's on his way, kind of to fucking Anaheim. Uh, but then, I think Cormier then might go. You know what? I want to see what he's all about. Listen, I've got a bit of a, a knock. You won't believe this. I've got a knock. So. The fight's off with John Jones, but I'm going to take a back seat because the UFC have backed that up as well by putting on the undercard Jimmy Manoa yeah. versus Ozenmia. Yeah. And I, I just think Ozenmia gets dropped, Manoa fights John Jones, which we've been saying to Jimmy, you should have been screaming for John Jones anyway. That's mm. kind of how I see that playing out. I think if John Jones turns off fit, he's probably going to fight Jimmy Manoa in a non-title fight. Cormier then will fight the winner, obviously. Justina, uh, Justine Oak, uh, Cyborg, Evan Jet, big question mark behind that fight. That's the only reason why they've added Woodley and Damian Meyer to this fight for me. Mm, look at you, eh? doing the old predictions. It's not like us to get predictions right when we're, we're predicting hey. fights and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, Connor I'm just Mayweather. joining the dots there. I'm just because <laughs> three title fights is unusual for the UFC. Yeah, you is. know, three title fights, and let's be honest, all three of those title fights are better than the one title fight that's on this weekend. I know there's an interim title fight, mm. but all three of them are more interesting yeah, than me than Nunes Shevchenko rematch. So why would you have all three on one card? And you've, you've got, got uh, this Ca- is and you've got Cowboy and Robbie Lawler. You've got exactly. On that card. You've got so all you've got them on that card. On that, that two on four now is absolutely stacked. Mm. Um, but anyway, we've got Romero Whitaker to talk about for this card, so I'm excited. Mm, we'll get to that in a minute. Just a quick one. Uh, GSP, he's making noises that he still wants Bisping. I don't think that that's going to happen because we've just been saying that GSP might obviously be um, tabling for either Tyrone Woodley or Demi Meyer. I'm going with T Wood, but we'll get to that when we do the 214 preview show. Um, he, ain't, he ain't coming back. Well, I've, all right, all right, okay, before. just leave it, just leave it, right? Just leave George it. just not coming I, back. Well, we're not talking about that today. I'm just going to put it to one side. because Just I come to terms with it. I don't think it'll be Bisping. All right, so I'm moving that to the side. Bisping's obviously going to take the winner of the fight that we're going to talk about in a minute between Bobby Knuckles and uh, the Soldier of God. We'll get to that in a minute, which then, um, if it wasn't going to be GSP Bisping, I would have said GSP McGregor when he comes back in December. Yep. But now, because of all everything that I've just said there... That means that there's only one fight for Connor, and it has to be Nate Diaz, doesn't it? Well, it certainly looks like Nate Diaz. If it, you know, if I was a better man, I would say one: we ain't never going to see Connor in the octagon again. I, I genuinely think that, and this is the reason why. And I know we've got a we've got a, a, a ton of specials in the run up to 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 to, uh, to May Mac. Um, we're going to be flooding our uh, flooding our um, our server. Is it a server? Oh. Our feed, mate. Our feed. There we go. We're <laughs> going to be flooding our feed for the Fight Disciples in the run-up. Starting next week, we're going to be doing a series of Maymax specials in the run-up to that big fight. So I'm sure we'll discuss this way more. However, I just want to make the point that Conor McGregor will do enough against Floyd Mayweather, potentially not to warrant a straight rematch with Mayweather, but to warrant... In invitations from other boxers and in boxing you can still make more money than you can make in the UFC now on top of that Conor makes 75 million ballpark for the Mayweather fight um, it's going to be tough for him to come back even to fight Nate Diaz even to fight a George St. Pierre it's going to be tough for the UFC to you know 20 million that would that would probably break UFC records for a fighter 20 million 25 million even if they can put that on the table that's a third of what he's just got against Mayweather and I think if he does enough against Mayweather for people to go wow that was impressive don't you think Canelo Alvarez or Triple G winners going to want him or even Manny Pacquiao or because Connor sells fights Connor's the biggest pay-per-view Jordan suddenly once he's had a taste over there everybody in that pool will be going well I'll fight you and in boxing, you can make more money than you can in the UFC. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, it's International Fight Week, which means we've got two nights of UFC action to get stuck into. We'll go, first of all, to Friday night into Saturday morning. If you're in the UK, you will get this on BT, 2 o'clock in the morning. I think the actual uh, telecast, I think that's what they call it in the States, uh, begins. And if you're in the States, I don't actually know what channel it's on. I'm guessing it's FS1 or Fox or whatever it may be. You'll be able to check it out all over there at a reasonable hour worth that you don't have to get your matchsticks out to keep your eyes open. Fox Sports 1 for the uh, Ultimate Fighter Mm. finale on Friday. Yeah. and then obviously Fox Sports for two on three ahead of the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view card obviously will follow that. Okay, so Friday night is where we'll start into Saturday morning. Michael Johnson, Justin Gaethje. Love this fight, you know. Love this fight. Michael Johnson is legit. Michael Johnson is very much a top 10 lightweight and has been for some time. Mm. Excellent fighter. Sparring partner and teammate from a good a good mate of ours, Danny Roberts, who's fighting in Glasgow in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I know Dad spoke to Danny the other day. Danny was saying Michael was looking razor sharp. Um, I'm really looking forward to this fight. Everyone knows about Michael Johnson. You know, most most fans have seen him fight many times before. He's got a slick record. He's been in the top 10 for a while. Yes, he's had a couple of defeats recently, but losing to Khabib, Nate Diaz, that Daddy Ushuan probably stands out as a, as a bad loss, but he's got a win against Cormier. He's got a win against Poirier in there. I'm going to say, Cormier, that'd be a fucking hell of a win. <laughs> yeah. Hell win of over, a win. How's win he over done that? Poirier, <laughs> win over Barbosa. <laughs> Uh, the win against Poirier was brilliant. Yeah, it was. It was. Is it what was the knockout? Wasn't it mm. the performance of the night knockout yeah, in yeah. Texas, like last year? So, uh, yeah, it's his first outing this year, actually, which is unusual. But just to listen, we know what we're getting from Michael Johnson. Come forward, strong puncher, likes to fight with his hands. But that's what makes this fight perfect. Just to let you know, Justin Gaethje, this is his UFC debut. 
but the guy is legit. He's 17 and 0. He's been yeah. fighting in World Series of Fighting for a long time. He's been the World Series of Fighting lightweight champion. I think he's been the only World Series of Fighting lightweight champion. Don't quote me on that, but he's certainly he's he's had the belt by far longer than anybody else. I think he won it in 2014. And has made you know so many defenses, six defenses of it or so. Hmm. He's been in a couple of absolute barnstormers along the way as well. He had two great fights with uh, Luis Palomino, Palomino in there, uh, a big win over Melvin Guillard in there, a win over Nick Newell, a good mate of mine. The, the, one, the famous, the infamous one-armed mixed martial artist. Nick's an absolute diamond, and his last win against Luis Firmino was another um, another brutal win. This guy only fights. Oh, he's only in brutal fights, mm. and that's exactly what Michael Johnson likes to do as well. So, uh, th- listen, this is definitely not one to miss because these two are going to meet in the centre and they're going to try and knock each other out because Gaethje knows that no other way to fight and Michael Johnson is proud as punch and he wants to make a statement himself. So it's a belt of a main event. Even though it's Gaethje's debut, mm. this is a really good fight. Nickname the highlight, and there's a reason for that. If oh, you go definitely. on YouTube and whack his name in there, basically there is a highlight reel of unbelievable knockouts from his yeah. uh, uh, his time at the World Series of Fighting. He's crazy. I've, I've spoke to him a few times, and he is literally, you know, he's he's a yeah, but we like that. Sandwich like shorts for picnic. Yeah, we like yeah. that. He, he he loves a war. Like he's a he's a fighter in his heart. Is he? Unfortunately, the only the only thing that worries me about him is he, he takes. Three to land one. Yeah, but his one is is generally the the finishing strike. Well, I was going to say that, mate, because he does take a lot of punishment. But yeah. I, 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 I mean, I'm, 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 I'm speaking here maybe a little bit ill informed. I can't really remember him being chinned and going down. You know what I mean? I can't. Re- he, for me, what I'm trying to say is that he seems to have a chin of granite. So therefore, yeah. he, that maybe that that's where that confidence is. He keeps walking forward because he knows not, whatever's coming back, even if it's the kitchen sink, that he can take it. And he's got that knockout power, man. I mean, he's got some serious power. And it, yeah. I'm sure in this fight at the weekend, he'll have the confidence to think to himself, all I need to do is land clean once and this kid will go. Yeah, I think that first fight, I think Guillard might have dropped him. Uh, and I think that first fight with Palomino was an absolute war. We def- we had that as uh, we had that shortlisted as fight of the year for 2015. I remember watching that fight, and it was absolute war. The, the rematch was great as well. Um, so he can be rocked, but the thing is, he, as you say, he's got a great chin. So you know, his, his, his record speaks for itself. He's never been stopped. Worryingly, uh, as I say, I have spoke to him. He is punchy. You know, you can tell he's took oh, one too. He's, he's took one too oh, many man. shots. Oh man, he's know? like he sounds like Rocky Balboa. That's he when does, he talks, yeah. he's like going, "Fucking hell, can we get a translate? Can we get some subtitles on that shit?" I can't I understand know. that. That that's the worrying thing. There's some fucking serious brain tra- brain trauma in there, like to to build that career along the way. But listen, the guy he's he's a highlight reel, you know, and it'll be a fun fight. Mm, make sure you check it out. Now, before we talk about the tough final uh, itself, which we've been talking about for some time now, obviously with us getting stuck into redemption, I yeah. just want to talk about uh, Jacquesi. Oh boy, we talk about him every single time. I absolutely love the kid. We saw him in Manchester do his thing. We had a lovely interview with him. He's a top kid. And then we've seen him perform. Second time out, he wasn't necessarily blistering. Third time out, Jesus Christ, man. He was absolutely unbelievable. I put a little video on uh, our Twitter feed the other day at Fight Disciples. Go and check it out. Just scroll down a little bit for a little video of Jacques' last fight. Basically... There's about a 30 second clip where he just puts on a masterclass and it finishes with the knockout, the big right hand straight down the pipe knockout, and obviously then a little bit of dancing. We love a little bit of dancing. That's what we're, that's what we're here for, man. A little bit of showtime. Uh, Jacquesi taking on a kid this week. This is honestly. Do you know when one of you, he's I'm, I'm, he's not a mate. He's just been on the show, right? But so you've got an affinity towards him, especially being a British fighter. Mm-hmm. But this is dangerous. This fight this weekend for him even though he's brilliant and we're going to tip him to be a world superstar and a world champion at some point, he's taking on a kid who's also undefeated and he is, I mean, close is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous fire. And I feel a little bit sick talking about it. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want a little walkover for him. Just, you know what I mean? So then we can, <laughs> so we can get excited about him. Everybody can come and watch him and go, oh man, that was unbelievable. This, this could be, this could be unbelievable, this fight, because both of these kids undefeated, they're going to come to have a go. Yeah, they are, yeah. And, you know, don't, as you say, don't look past closer because uh, he may have only had one fight in the UFC, but anyone that's in the UFC with a winning record and an undefeated record certainly needs respect. He also trains out of MMA Lab as well with Benson Henderson, head coach yeah. uh, John Crouch and stuff. So, you know, he's from a completely legitimate camp. 
Um, so you know they obviously expect big things of him. Jacquezi's the, the man nobody needs. You know he, he's the fighter that everybody in this light div- lightweight division can see as an is a true talent and has you know has got everything in his locker. Obviously now he's moved over to American Top Team as well. I think they're going to add an, an all together different uh, thing to his game as well. Obviously we know he's a sensational striker, but I think at American Top Team they're going to be working on his wrestling as and his cage control as well. But it's it's hard to look back look past Mark here, both for personal interest because he's a because he's a, you know we've met him and stuff we've we've spoken to him, but also with the fact that he's a UK fighter and to be honest he's probably one of the the most exciting UK That's fighters it. in the it's whole all about showbiz, on, in man. the whole UFC right now and if anyone's going to follow in Michael Bisping's footsteps. Uh, you'd like to think Marty Casey's going to mm. do it. If, you, if you're a fan of boxing and you listen to our, our boxing show, you'll know how much we love Prince Nazim Ahmed. This kid, the way that he goes about enter, just entering the ring, the way that he looks with his mummy little Red Mohican, the way that he puts on flashy little glimpses, he, 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 he fires shots in from crazy little angles, whether they be with his hands or with his feet. It's just brilliant to watch. It's like watching a demonstration at times, and he connects as well, mate. He's got yeah. knockout power. Um, this, for me... Uh, I know that we're going to talk about uh, the t- the actual tough final, which is at welterweight, but we could be seeing, I know that we've just been speaking about Conor a little earlier on, this is the future of the lightweight division. You've got the Jacquesian closer in there, and then you've got uh, Gaethje, who we've just been talking about. I know that Michael Johnson's been around for some time, but Gaethje's making his UFC debut. Mm-hmm. This tough final on Friday night into Saturday morning, this is like if this is the who's who of the next five years of the lightweight division. Yeah, it has, yeah. There's some real talent in there. It's, uh, it's exciting. Gaethje, as I say, it's uh, the thing with him is because he's because he's been a champion for so long for such a you know it's a respectable promotion World Series of fighting. There's some decent guys yeah. over there. You know, I think Melvin Guillard, as I say, was one of his wins as well. You know, Melvin was a, a decent campaigner when he was in the UFC. So it's just going to be interesting to see as a barometer where World Series of fighting. You know, undisputed champion ranks in the UFC. Yeah, and if he if if that level of competition makes you deserving of being in the top 10 or I'll be honest or it could just be a complete and utter fucking bullying job by Michael Johnson he might mm. just destroy him because mm. she's never ever been at this level before we just don't know because no one's really transitioned from World Series of Fighting over to the UFC to, to this level or no one's so successful so it's a really interesting fight in that regard um, but listen whatever happens in that fight it will be exciting that, that, that fight cannot be a bad fight. This is not like you know, like last week where or the other week when I was saying uh, Phil Davis, Ryan Bader. Whatever mm. you do, do not watch this fight. It's going to mm. be shite. This is the fight. This is one of those fights where whatever you do, make sure you watch this fight because something cool will happen. Mm. Tough final, mate. Um, my only question regarding the tough final is whoever comes out of it because this for those that don't know who's not been watching uh, tough on on BT here in the UK. If you've not been watching it, basically it's a redemption series where you've got guys that have been in there previously, some in the UFC, some currently in the UFC, um, that have all come back to uh, fight on this 25th season of uh, The Ultimate Fighter. Um, Be honest with me now, these these aren't young spring chickens, these boys. These are lads that have been around the block. They've got some type of career in mixed martial arts at some shape or form. Uh, The winner, obviously, then will enter the UFC once again. Um, Where do you see them, actually, longevity wise because if you look at the welterweight division mate it's just full of killers are they really going to make an inroad it's a weird one because um you know i was chatting to dan about this as well uh last week and i was like i i don't really get the tournament um uh, because these are guys this redemption finale it's been cool it's been it's, it's been, been quite great it's been quite enjoyable yeah, yeah i've enjoyed it but i don't get it because it, unlike the last time they did something like this where matt setter won and Matt Serra's prize was a fight for the welterweight title. Mm. So he went straight into a fight and actually beat GSP and then they ended up having a rematch and everything else. But, you know, that made Matt Serra. Uh, but Matt Serra was like a, an aged, you know, he was, a, he was a guy that hadn't made it. He'd been dropped and then he came back for the ultimate fighter, won it and then beat GSP and it completely and utterly made him for life. But this tournament isn't people that have been necessarily in the UFC for a long spell and then gone away and they're kind of bringing them back because they're fan favourites. No. Most of these guys are guys that were on tough and failed to win tough. Yeah. So it's like a tough redemption special. It's like the, these are all guys that were on the Ultimate Fighter, never won the Ultimate Fighter, 
but they've brought them back to the ultimate mm. fighter again. And, 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 the, back and me, those I, that have gone through, like Joe Daddy, for example, I mean, they've been in the UFC for a short period of time and been in some great tear-ups. They're at the twilight of the career. They're at the end of the career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think uh, James Krause was the only yeah, one yeah, yeah. that was actually still in the UFC. All mm. the others were guys that have been in or had a taste and uh, have, have failed to make it. So without... The Matt Seller thing made sense because that series, whoever won, got to fight GSP for the belt. But whoever wins to to you know this weekend, whether it's Diego Lima or or it's Jesse Taylor, whoever wins this fight, mm. you know who's gonna, who will be, where will they go in the UFC? Do they just slot back into the main pack now, or you know they don't get a ranking? They don't get. That's what I kind of don't get about it. It's like it's mm. an it's an eliminated tournament to get back in the UFC. Well, that's a bit harsh because most of these guys have been in the UFC. One of them's still in the UFC. Mm. I, I, you know, obviously there's a there's a prize there, there's the the, the cash prize, and maybe it's maybe it's the four or five fight contract with the UFC. Maybe that's what the big incentive is. I don't know, but it would have just felt a bit nicer if it was like, if you win this, you automatically get ranked at number ten, mm. and you get a fight above it. You know what I mean? A, a bit more structure to it. I feel. I don't know. It's only t- towards the end now when I'm like, it's been a good season. I've enjoyed it. We've got just got the finale to go, but where does the winner go after this? Mm. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Uh, who do you want to win? Who do you think will win? Uh, I think Diego Lima's look great yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably go with Diego Lima, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I'm going to say Mex. I don't like wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with Diego I like Lima. Jesse as a geezer. He comes across quite quite nice, uh, but he's a wrestler. And yeah. anybody that takes it to the deck and just grounds and pounds for three rounds or whatever uh, length of fight that it will end up being if he gets the title level, um, just it's not for me, mate. It's not for me. So Diego Lima, come on, boy. Do your thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Then, 24 hours later, Saturday night into Sunday morning, if you're in the UK, you've got UFC 213. Now, okay, we're not getting Garbrandt Dillashaw. Okay, we're not getting it. Just let it go, man. It has gone. I'm sure it will come back round at some point because they don't like each other. What should I say? Cody really doesn't like uh, TJ. Can I just say on this, by the way, Right at the start of uh, of Tough, when these two were named as coaches, I thought this is going to be amazing uh, because of all this animosity between um, um, TJ's camp and Cody's camp. Fantastic, yep. right? And as the programme has gone on, by the way, I was in totally Team Cody Garbrandt, 100% mm-hmm. right at the start. Yep. As the show's gone on, I'm just thinking... He's a cock. You're just a thick fucker, aren't you, really? <laughs> I know. You're an amazing fighter, but you're just thick as pig shit, mate. I know. I wanted to love him. I like. I wanted to have this, to really expose him and to see what he's like. Yeah. And go, you know what? He's Because his backstory, it's amazing. He's a rags to riches story, quite literally. Then he's got the you know the young kid with leukemia. He yeah, took right yeah, the way yeah, to great. the belt and all great. that. You're like, oh. He just, we all kind of took him to our hearts going, yeah. You know I love a neck tattoo as well. I was like, yeah, man. I want to get right behind Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, he was like, fuck you, TJ, you snake, leaving the camp. And you know what I mean? I was, I was on the bandwagon, even though I'm, I'm good mates with D- Dwayne Ludwig. I respect the fuck out of Dwayne Ludwig. He's an amazing coach. And I don't really hate on TJ for doing what's best for TJ. Dwayne didn't want to be in California. He wanted to go back to Denver. He wanted to do his own thing. And TJ decided to go with him. I'm not right, really hating on all that, but I was kind of like, yeah, TJ. Just because the way he beat Dominic Cruz as well. I was a huge Dominic Cruz yeah, fan, yeah, yeah. which means I had to become a TJ Dillashaw, uh, T- Cody Garbrandt fan. But I'm like you, as I've enjoyed this tough season, but as it's gone on, I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> this is Cody. Hello, two short planks. He's no banter, Jesus. has he? Oh, he hasn't at Absol- all. Like. TJ has mint-meated him, mate. He's he has destroyed him, yeah. D- he's destroyed him. And yeah. I kind of like kind of like TJ now. I'm like yeah. going, yeah, I want you to fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be an amazing fight when it eventually does happen. Yeah. If it if it does happen. Don't you know, get me wrong, I still think Cody I mean the, the, the Cody's the nuts, like. But yeah. Cody is the nuts. I, you know, I ain't gonna hate Cody. No. But he's he's struggled personality-wise, yeah, he struggled to come across well. You know, every time every time a bit of, you know, a bit of animosity comes in or whatever, he just yeah. loses it and just gets abusive and stuff like that. And you think, well, you know, any 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 punk can do that. You've got nothing really about you. Yeah. Where TJ's been a bit more shrewd. He's not really bit on it and he's been a bit more... He's come across definitely he's much better. He's come across better. well, man. He's yeah, come across he really well. We're both gutted that that fight's not happening this weekend, so therefore yeah, we've got to point our attention towards something else. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to the women's bantamweights, first of all, because you mentioned it right at the start. Obviously, I mentioned that Ronda Rousey uh, is going to be on TV slash radio at some point this yeah. week, today even. Right now, I think. As we're recording this, yeah. 
um, in the build-up, which I found quite strange because her last performance was against Amanda Nunes when Amanda Nunes lit her up in 40-odd seconds. She's now taking on uh, the bullet, Shevchenko. Um, it's the second time that these two have met. The first one was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful fight, which went the full distance, and Amanda Nunes got the decision. Um, now, if you don't know too much about either of these two girls in with, with their styles, and I've no doubt you won't know too much about the Bantamweight champion because she's not really been marketed that well at this moment in time since she got the belt. Obviously, it was no. all about Ronda Rousey last time out. Now it seems to have turned a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more about the champ, Amanda Nunes, the lioness. I really like the girl. I like everything I see on TV about her. She comes across a really quality personality. I love that narrative of her and her, uh, her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and with them training together, falling in love and all that type of stuff, a fantastic narrative that hopefully the UFC will jump on the back of because I think that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and she comes across a really uh, a cool kid. But I also like this particular matchup because there genuinely does seem a little bit of needle yep. between these two girls. Obviously, off the back of the first fight, uh, Valentina Shevchenko thinks that she won. She didn't get the decision. Yeah. And I think it may come a little bit too early in her career at that point. This time round, I mean, she's a much more rounded fighter now. Nunes is the champ. Let's get this on. It's going to be a stand and tread. These two can absolutely smash the living daylights out of each other. However, Shevchenko's ground game is quite decent, man. I reckon if she gets come it to, on. if she gets it to the deck, there could be some trouble here for uh, the lioness. I think um, I think Nunes has definitely got the advantage on the ground, but Shevchenko's coming on massively leaps and bounds. But she got a submission last time out, so yeah. she's ma- she is improving rapidly. She got um, a submission, mate, from her back. She was in a, a weird, really weird position, wasn't she? She got that arm bar in from a really weird position. I thought, fucking hell, that's tidy. Yeah, it was very good, yeah. Very impressive, and it just shows the amount of work that she must be doing because, you know, this is a girl that's 100% a Mai Tai background, a multiple-time Mai Tai world champion. Uh, amongst other things, actually, I think she does all kinds. I think she's done all kinds of martial arts. Uh, but the fact that she got that arm bed against Juliana Penner last time out, is kind of what's, is, you know, the win over Holly Holm and then the, the arm body against Juliana Penn is what's yeah. threw back in contention because it was the, if you remember, with the first time these girls thought, fought, um, which was March last year, so mm. just over a year ago, mm. uh, it, that was an eliminator to face Misha Tate for the belt. So mm. it could have gone either way. And the reason I like this fight is the fact that it's over five rounds. It's a title fight if it goes that far because... Last time out, I thought Amanda Nunes won the first two rounds convincingly, but it was Shevchenko who was coming on strong in the third round. Mm. She definitely won the third round in my book, so it would have been interesting to see if there was a fourth and a fifth round. At the time, I thought, wow, she's come on a bit too late there. I think she gave Nunes a little bit too much respect early on and, and didn't really get into a game. Mm. And when she did get into a game, she put Nunes on the back foot and she was winning rounds. So that's why I'm really looking forward to this fight at the weekend because, yes, there's a bit of bad blood there. Um, but also because of the first fight. The first fight indicates that there's more to come from Shevchenko. Mm, looking forward to it myself, Matt. Uh, your little tip, because we do Nick, uh, Nick's picks when it comes to uh, 213 and various uh, pay-per-view events, my boy. Yeah, firstly, let me just say that Shevchenko, I, I've, I think I've got a weird, I'm not saying it's a sexual crush. What? I'm, I'm not sexually attracted to her. What? But yeah, I, I, I've kind of become obsessed with her because she's, I think it's because she's, She's she's pretty mental. Like, I think she's actually pretty mental. You know, this is a girl that fucking, you know, grew up um, in a family, a fighting family. I think her mother was a, a fighter as well. Then she was obviously, she was born in um, in the Soviet Union. She's a, She was a Russian born. She yeah, Kyrgyzstan she's from, isn't she? Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. Uh, she fought out of Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan? Kyrgyzstan. Anyway, don't ask me to pronounce Russian words, mate. I'm going to go with Kyrgyzstan. We're still, we're still good enough anyway. <laughs> Shevchenko is probably wrong. Um, uh, so, but then she she trains there. She competes there. She's you know she's a master of boxing, kickboxing, taekwondo, sambo. You know, you name it. She can tra- she trains everything. Then she ups and moves to, and goes and lives in Peru. And she and she trains out of Lima in Peru for many years or, or during her Mai Tai career. She lived in Thailand, and then she comes to mixed martial arts. And she's kind of she's called the Bullet because she's obsessed with guns and mm. shooting guns. And you know um, she's now training with Rose Namajunas, Thug Rose, who were massive fans of. And and, and I read an interview with Rose Namajunas where she was like, "Yeah, she's she she likes to leave a bullet in like lying around like where she's been." So she's been in the gym training all day. She'll leave a bullet in the dressing room. Or she goes to a restaurant or whatever. She'll leave a bullet on the tip thing. She'll leave a tip with a bullet. 
Like, like that's me. That I'll, I'll just leave a bullet. How fucking mental is that? That is scary shit. How mental that's to just leave bullets shit. lying everywhere. Mm. So uh, I kind of, I'm kind of got a bit of a crush on her just because she's she's a little bit mental, as I say. So I really fancy this fight fair. The longer it goes on, however, I think the point you made earlier, a ground game is coming on great, but I think Amanda Nunes' ground game is far superior. I'm gonna go for a submission for Amanda Nunes. Um, inside three rounds. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, and therefore, and still, uh, the bantamweight champion. Um, the one that probably is catching on imagination the most is the interim belt when it comes to middleweights. It is yep. about Bobby. It is about the soldier of God, Yo Romero, the boys that uh, lie in wait for Michael Bispin. Yep. <sighs> Listen, mate, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll start this off, right? I'll start this off. Bobby Knuckles has got this in the bag. Yeah, yeah! Listen. Come on, Bobby! Bobby Knuckles has got this in the bag as long as he doesn't engage in wrestling. Yeah, of course. If he stays away from the Cuban beast that is Yoel Romero, he he doesn't allow the takedown, he keeps the distance, he keeps him on the end of his jabs and strikes. By round three, that those big muscles, mate, they will start to fatigue. The gas will start to come in, and then Bobby can take him to pieces. He's just yeah. got to wait. He's just got to be patient. Yeah, I think the five rounds definitely plays into into Bobby Knuckles' favour once we can, if we can get there. The problem with Romero is he's just an absolute fucking beast, <laughs> isn't he? he? He is an absolute beast. I'm like, going to be honest with you, man. The guy if, is if, a freak. If I could pick a body, I would pick his body. That's it. He is. Really? You'd look mental with his body? I think it'd be hilarious. We're going to have to Photoshop that. You would look absolutely fucking mental Mate, we've got with Yo Romero's body. Me and Yo Romero have got the same haircut. That's I reckon the, we could do it. That's about the only thing you have got in common. That's it. I reckon I could pull that off. He's got absolutely gigantic shoulders. He's, he's got a, just he's, mental. He's a freak. There he's you go. Absolute freak. His, his size is just frightening. Mm. The good thing is about Yoel Romero, though, is you know, yes, he's 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 undefeated in the UFC, and you know, he's only got one loss on his on his fourteen fight record. He is a freak. He does use his incredible, incredible. You know, he's probably got the best judo in the entire UFC. Obviously, mm. not former Olympic medalist. Um, if you if you engage him in the, in the grappling exchange, you're, you, you're gonna get you're gonna get <laughs> fucked everywhere. But the good thing is. In Bobby Knuckles' regard, is the good thing is he doesn't finish fights early. You know, I think all his fights in the UFC have gone to the third round or mm. all but one. You know, and oh yeah, he's had some late finishes um, and he's had some obviously some points wins. That proves he's he's got heavy hands late into the third round, but it does prove that he's a bit of a slow starter. And I think if Bobby Knuckles has proven anything over the last few weeks, it's that uh, the last few fights, it's one. He ain't intimidated by any fucker up at middleweight. Since he moved up to middleweight after losing to Stephen Thompson as a welter, he went up to middleweight. He's been on an absolute tear himself. And his last two fights, Derek Brunson, everyone was saying Derek Brunson was a heavy hitter and dangerous. He knocks him out with a head kick and punches. And then straight into the Jacare fight, it was like, oh, everyone was like, as soon as Jacare gets a grip of him, yeah, uh, Jacare will just ragdoll him everywhere and then just submit him. Watching that fight back as well, again, another TKO head kick and punches. Watching that fight back again, he took Bobby Knuckles down and he was didn't panic. He was like, so what? I'm on the ground with Jacare. Not a problem. He gets back to his feet, restarts the fight, resets himself, and lets his heavy hands go. So I think this weekend, there won't be any panic if Yoel gets him down. I think it will be a stand and brawl fight. I think Romero will fancy knocking him out because that's Whitaker's world and he'll want to make a bit of a statement. Hopefully that's what falls into that's what falls into Bobby Knuckles' lap. Do you know what I mean? I mm. think if Romero just tries to go in there and, and plays to his strengths, I think we're in trouble. But I think Whitaker's got enough about him. He's, he's, he's excelled enough. He's moved forward enough to be able to cope with Romero. That's what makes this such a fast... This is the best fight. This is the main event in my eyes. This is the fight I'm really excited to see. More, than, more, more because I'm massive... Well, we... Our massive Bobby Knuckles fans, Absolutely, aren't we? Man. And because I think uh, the matchup with Michael Bisping will be more attractive yeah. than uh, Romero ragdolling Michael all over the gaff. I prefer two guys to stand up and have a little bit of a go with each other. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Whitaker and Michael Bisping is a style matches for me and he's more uh, more attractive. So what are we doing? Are we doing uh, Whitaker late on? 
Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's go for a Bobby Knuckles knockout in the in the fourth, fifth round. Boom. Let's go for it. Let's go for a fourth, let's go for a fifth round, a late knockout for Bobby Knuckles. Yeah, boom, oh, boom, man, boom. It'd be awesome. Um, now we mentioned obviously Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko being a rematch. Uh, this is the rematch of a rematch of a rematch. Uh, mm-hmm. Verdun versus Overeem. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, last time out, Overeem looked uh, looked like he started to regain a little bit of form. So you know, this could be tasty. Yeah, it could be tasty, yeah. Obviously, um, these guys have, have met before um, numerous times. Um, <laughs> and uh, I remember the Strike Force fight was absolutely horrific. That was the one where, where Vadum was lying on his back, like literally begging uh, over him to engage him in a in a. Why would he do that, man? You're a, he's a kickboxer. Why would uh, he come down there and have a roll exactly. on the floor? It, it was massively embarrassing, and it's just like you're watching it going, "Oh my god, this is fucking stupid." Especially when you know they fought before and Vadum had submitted <laughs> over him, so you're a bit like. Uh, what the fuck? As if he's gonna just lie on the floor and and, and get into a jujitsu match with you? This is mixed martial arts. So that was a bit of a uh, that fight back in 2011, Strike Force. Yeah, but the heavyweight Grand Prix it was, of course. Um, so back then, uh, it didn't live up to the hype. But I think this time around, we've got. I think Overeem is Overeem. Overeem hasn't changed much over the years. He, he is what he is. He's kind of found a bit of rhythm now. Finally, in the UFC, he's happy in his place in the world, and he's seems to be settled in well at Jackson Wink MMA. But the difference is, Fabrizio Verdum has advanced massively as a striker, working with. Uh, Rafael Cadero has made this jiu-jitsu demigod into a real tasty striker as well as he proved when he won the UFC title um, so it's going to be uh, it's an interesting fight I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it really of, I'm looking forward to out it out of everything that's on the card this is the hardest one for me to pick yeah because they've both got those not tainted records because they've fought elite guys every time they've gone in with elite guys there's been obviously they've won some they've lost some you know yeah and we mustn't take away um, the things that they've done away from the UFC, the way that they have become multi-weight world champ not multi-weight world champions, but multi-belt, um, multi that's the, thank you, mate, uh, that uh, in, in other uh, in other franchises, that's the word I'm looking for, in other franchises like Strike Force and various things like that. So we mustn't take that away. But this is, for me, the, an extremely hard fight to pick. I don't think there's going to be... A knockout. I think this is going to go the full three, and I think I'm going to have to flip a coin because I really don't know because I think it's very evenly matched this fight. Yeah, I think um, I, I, you know it's one of them and flip flopping over it. Both of them are in a good vein of form. Obviously, both of them have had just one defeat recently. Um, Stipe for for Fabrizio Verdum, obviously Stipe for Overeem as well. So it's the same the same guy, and they both had a win since that loss. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. so they come into it. It's hard to see who's the guy, kind of the form guy. You know, a stoppage of Travis Brown against a stoppage over Mark Hunt. The, these guys are mixing with the similar the similar opponents. You know, similar levels. So it, it is. It's a strange one. I I, I don't know where Verdum's heads at these days. But then again, Overeem is 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 notorious for for being for blowing hot and cold so uh, it is it's incredibly tough but you, you're going to push me here aren't you for a, for a prediction well I'll go first I'm going over <clears> it <throat> mainly because he because out of the two of them I think he's the better striker so that's where I'm yeah. going okay I'm going to go for Vadoom by a knockout then Vadoom <laughs> <laughs> by a tiny knockout in the second I'm going to go with that alright man uh, Pettis Miller um, Pettis back down at lightweight against Jim Miller this is a good fight man yeah it is yeah it's a good fight. Both these guys are absolute vets, aren't they? You know, they've been around. They've held uh, belts in terms of Pettis. Jim Miller's, a, you know, an absolute stalwart of the game. Incredible ground game. Um, Jim Miller was on a, a decent run, probably one of the best runs of his UFC career until he lost against Dustin Poirier, um, beating, beating Thiago Alves, Tachinori Gomi, people like that. So mm. he, he seems to be finally having a little bit of form. Obviously, Pettis, on the other hand, is... Can, can struggle to buy a win at the moment since he lost that lightweight belt to Desanos, lost to Alvarez, lost to Barbosa, win over Oliveira, but then gets gets beat by Max Holloway, which I guess in hindsight now is, is no bad thing. Max has proved himself as the best featherweight on the planet. So interesting, interesting. He's getting beat here for me. Yeah, it, it's Jim back Miller's, up at lightweight as well, mate, isn't it? You know, which mate, is he's going to submit him. So. Jim Miller, Jim Miller, like you just said, he's moving back to lightweight, and I just think Jim Miller will, um, as soon as he gets him down, he's going to ragdoll him, mate. He'll, he'll finish him off. Yeah, I think this, the thing with Pettis is 
he he just knows how to lose too well now, and I think breaking out of that is going to prove really difficult. So mm. yeah, I've got to go. I think you're probably right. I'll go with Jim Miller as well. Yeah. Any other fights catching your eye? Because that's where I'm at. I mean, I always go with the ones that. I like. They're the ones that I'm going to look out for. If I don't watch this live, which is, uh, I think it's about three o'clock in the morning here in the UK, if I don't watch this live, they're the first four fights that I'm going towards um, on uh, on Sunday morning. Is there anything else that's catching your eye? I know that uh, the big boy, Travis Brown, is on the, uh, he's on the UFC fight pass uh, uh, part of the show. Yeah, obviously Travis Brown. Uh, just interesting to see because he's a guy that, I'll be honest, has got all the tools to be a heavyweight champion. He really has, but um, I just don't know where he is with his camp these days. Is he still, you know, fighting out a Glendale Fight Club? If so, why the fuck is he still fighting out a Glendale Fight Club? You know, he, he needs to get himself sorted because there was a time there when he looked like he was going to be the future of this heavyweight division. And it's a shame that he's completely and utterly gone off the radar. Um the other one I, I'm, I will look out for is the uh, is is actually it's on the it's the other fight on the main card. How the fuck it made this main card? I don't yeah, know. Yes, Um But not so much Daniel Oman Melichuk. In fact, you know what? The Polish bear. Let's call him the Polish bear. Seen this guy fight numerous times, obviously because he, he he's a regular on the Amaya fight scene and stuff like that. And uh, he's never really in an interesting fight. That's why I'm, I'm so surprised he's at the main card. It's purely down to this Curtis Blades, um, who's in the opposite corner. Curtis Blades has, has looked great in the UFC, really interesting. He's a finisher. Um, his only loss came against Francis Naganu, but that was a, a fucking bit of a gun show. I think his fight, oh, and his fight last time actually was over. T- he won. He won by TKO as a knockout knee, uh, yeah. Blades. But uh, he, he popped hot. He was hanging out with Snoop Dogg, I think. So he popped off from marijuana. So they, they made that fight in no contest. But this Curtis Blades, he's interested, man. The Razor, he's got a crazy backstory. You know, a typical lunatic from Chicago uh, who's found MMA as a, as a way to kind of fight out of the ghetto and stuff. But he's, he's a former uh, NC. NCJAA uh, wrestling stuff, so he's got a great background and everything else. So uh, this this is interesting, man. Former, I think he was a, you know, he's just a fucking big former American footballer dude that loves smashing skulls. I just hope it lives up to the hype because, as I say, that, the, the Polish bear knows his way out to fiddle through fights. That's why I'm surprised it's on the main card. But Curtis Blades, worst looking out for because of his power. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store. Thank you very much for listening to our show next week. Um, we will obviously have a review of everything that happened at International Fight Week. Expect us obviously to take the piss out of quite a lot of people that miss weight uh, because that's obviously going to happen with the amount of fights that are coming up this week. Um, and we will obviously be previewing UFC Glasgow. Nicky Boy will be up there representing the uh, the Fight Disciples with his mate. Yep. Are you get are you are you getting separate rooms or what are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to be hanging out with Dan and the boys, yeah, of course. I'm looking forward to seeing you. You sound there. so like Cody Garbrandt when you do that. Stop it. Hanging with, with the, the boys. boys. Stop it, man. Jesus. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for myself now. Is it? Is no, it? but I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this fight card because, uh, you know, obviously um, our mates on there, Danny Roberts, yeah. I sp- as I say, I spoke to Dan um, and uh, he was, he, he's. F- determined to bounce back after that loss last time out, which was, no, it wasn't a loss. It was an absolutely brilliant fight. And both those Brutal guys... Brutal ending, man. I mean, this is, yeah, the first exactly. time, this is the first time back since Manchester. It is, yeah. And both those guys came out of that with so much credit, him and Mike Perry, because it was an absolute war. I still can't, can't, can't remember why. Oh, no, it was... That's right, I know now. I was just going to say, why didn't it get fight of the night? But it was an absolute crazy card, that wasn't it? UFC yeah, 204. It was awesome. Yeah, awesome think, don't forget, Bispin Henderson was bonkers, wasn't it? And stuff. So, oh, uh, okay. Anyway, yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to Yeah, to. Paul Craig's an absolute diamond, as you know, went over to Belfast, uh, went over to uh, to Dublin, spent some time with Neil Seary. Yeah. And it's Neil's big fi- finale, finally, at the third, ta- third time of asking. So, Gunny, Gunny as well. I'm excited to see that. And, and obviously, Gunny, yeah. you know, any, any show with Gunny on is always entertaining because uh you know gunny's gunny and he, you never know whether he's happy sad <laughs> upset he's always got the same expression mm. on his face but you know he brings it and this is a good fight for him because ponzambino is a fucking striking assassin so i fancy this fight yeah we'll get excited about this next week so nick's going to be up there doing his thing sticking microphones in people's faces so make sure you follow us on all social medias at facebook uh at 
sorry, at Facebook, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fight Disciples. Make sure you follow because if there's an opportunity for him to speak to the likes of Coach Kavanagh who's up there with Gunny and what have you, he'll yeah. be sticking a mic right in his mush and chatting all sorts of nonsense with him and there might be some videos knocking about as well. That's all coming next week as Nick makes his way up towards Glasgow. I think it's only fair that we leave uh, today's show in the capable hands of uh, the UFC's newest commentator, uh, Snoop Dogg here, talking about one of our boys, Tyrone Woodley, as he was uh, making his octagon walk last time out. Listen, we'll catch you next time. T. Woodley in the house, movie star slash champion from the main streets. You know he listened to that Snoop Dogg on the way in there. Oh, oh, wow. His punches got velocity. He tried to do a 360 spin. Man, knock his ass out. Knock him out. Weak ass move he tried to do. He caught him before he even got into the 360. Knock him out, Wood. Night, night. Yeah, jump in and save him. Okay, let's see what you're going to do to him. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Teach me how to dug it. Teach me how to dug it. Oh, he got a punch. Who was that? The Wonder Boy? Oh, night, night. I don't want to be here anymore. Someone saved me. That was the last fight they had? That was vicious. And they called that a draw? Damn. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.